You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 12, 2017. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Coming with you today with a little bit of a quicker episode as we prepare for tomorrow's uh, dress rehearsal, or not tomorrow, yeah, it's tomorrow's, I'm sorry, I got, I got my days confused, for Friday's dress rehearsal against the Cleveland Cavaliers. No LeBron James in that game, but still, I think, a really important game for the Magic. As, as I've said throughout the preseason, it's about being better today than you were yesterday, being better tomorrow than you are today, and Friday, of course, is the last chance to do that. I think the Magic have generally done that, but I think we'll see guys playing 30 minutes, possibly. We saw some, we saw some starters get 30 minutes in the game on Tuesday against the Spurs. So those minutes are starting to ramp up as the Magic are getting ready for the regular season. I'll have some thoughts on that game tomorrow. Today, though, I'm going to talk a little bit about Nikola Vucevic and his evolution, and then I'm going to get to a news item that uh, I've been sitting on, uh, haven't talked about on the podcast, but deserves some recognition and some discussion here on the show today. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone of two things. First, if you have not done so already, uh, if, if you don't know, Orlando Magic Daily is part of the fan-sided blog network. If you have not done so already, please check out the fan-sided NBA preview. Just go to fansided.com slash NBA. You should be able to find it there. The NBA preview is a collection of at least three, if not four, articles from every for every single team written by some of the best basketball writers out there on the kind of independent blogosphere. Um, I was one of them. I wrote the Magic preview as well as the Indiana Pacers preview in a couple, uh, and and that was, that was my big contribution to uh, to the to the preview. I'm obviously very busy with Locked On Magic and some other things, but uh, other great great articles in there. Scott Rafferty wrote about Aaron Gordon playing the power forward. Did a nice video breakdown of that. There is a lot to digest. It is a lot. 30 teams is a lot. So I, I I encourage you to explore it all. It's really well done. Looks really good on the web. On the web, I don't know how it looks on mobile. I don't really read stuff on mobile. But it is a fantastic preview, and I encourage you all to check that out at fansided.com slash NBA. In the preview spirit as well, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA preview podcast. You can find those on iTunes, just search for Locked On NBA. The last three or four episodes have been little sound bites from all the Locked On hosts previewing their teams. So earlier this week, uh, I provided my little clip previewing the Orlando Magic on the Locked On NBA podcast. You can hear what I had to say there, as well as check out previews of the other Eastern Conference teams. And then if you want to check out the Western Conference teams, I mean, the West isn't going to be that interesting. It just has all the stars and all the teams that are going to win the title or anything like that, but, you know, who cares about that? East is far more interesting. I mean, mediocrity is just interesting as hell, right? But just in case you're looking for anything on the NBA, the Locked On NBA podcast, as well as the Locked On Podcast Network, has you covered. Just like this just like this podcast, just like Locked On Magic, there's a Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA. If you're looking... For an update on LeBron James's injury and who exactly is going to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday in a game that looks like it's going to be pretty well attended over at the Amway Center. If you're looking to learn a little bit more about the Cavaliers, just search for Locked On Cavaliers or Locked On Cavs on iTunes. Chris Manning does a fantastic job covering the Cavaliers. That's actually one of the podcasts that I listen to very often. Does, does a really good job with that. So be sure to check that out again. 
every NBA team covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for iTunes, Locked On, your second favorite team, because your favorite team's the Magic, of course, and you'll be uh, in podcast heaven. Like I said, um, there was a little bit of a news item last week that I did not get the chance to get to last week just with the games coming in and, and, and everything like that. Uh, obviously, there were games earlier in the week that I wanted to cover. And so I did not talk about the homecoming. I have not talked about the Magic hiring Tracy McGrady. Last week, the Orlando Magic hired Tracy McGrady as a special advisor to the CEO. Um, essentially, it... it, it it kind of sounds like a made-up position, but essentially, the Magic have brought Tracy McGrady back into the fold. He's back with the Magic to serve a variety of roles. Really, anything that the Magic need from him or anything that he's willing, honestly, it's honestly more about what McGrady's willing to provide to the Magic. His role, uh, at least from what the press release said, is mostly going to involve the Lakeland Magic. As, as many Magic fans know, Tracy McGrady was born in Auburndale, Florida, which is about 50 miles from downtown Orlando and about 15 miles from the Lakeland Center, uh, from the RP Funding Center, sorry, uh, where the Lakeland Magic will play play their games this year in the G League. And so McGrady is very much a conquering hero, of course, Hall of Famer. Now, all NBA All-Star with the Orlando Magic, you know, going to be in the Magic Hall of Fame eventually, probably this year probably very soon this year. Uh, but McGrady is going to kind of serve as an ambassador for that team, uh, as a kind of a community face for that team as well. He said he's going to do some work uh, with his foundation in conjunction with the Lakeland Magic. And so it's a very natural synergy to bring him literally back to his hometown to promote the game of basketball. But that's not all that McGrady's going to do. McGrady is also going to work with several Magic players when he's in town. Now, McGrady still lives in Los Angeles. He still, I believe, also has a home in Houston. But he works mostly in Los Angeles. He's on the jump on ESPN. And McGrady said he's probably going to be with the team, you know, in Orlando with the team maybe once a month or a couple a couple times for one stretch per month, essentially. And so for those that are thinking, oh, McGrady's going to teach these guys how to do his post moves and really work with these guys like he's a coach. No, that's that's not what's going on here. McGrady is kind of there. It's 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 very, you know, it's callous to say this is a public relations move because I don't think it's quite that. I do think McGrady is going to have some responsibilities and some roles with the Magic. He's going to uh, to, to do some things for the franchise and for the team. Uh, he's going to interact with these players in some capacity, but it's still a relatively minor role. It's not like he's there with them every day. It's not like he's a coach. But having said that, McGrady was in town last Thursday. He did. Um, he did attend practice from every from everything that we have been told, or I've been told. He was at shoot around Thursday before the official announcement that he was rejoining the team. He was. Um, he was at the game Thursday night as well, and everyone was like, "Why is Tracy McGrady here? It's great, Tracy McGrady's here. We love that Tracy McGrady's here." And then the press release came out uh, later on Friday, and then Friday he was at practice, and when the media was in there before he spoke to us in the media. You could see him working with Aaron, talking with Aaron Gordon, and and, and showing him some things. So, you know, it, it definitely seems like McGrady is going to be there, and and the Magic will potentially use him as a sponge uh, to to kind of soak up some knowledge, some Hall of Fame knowledge, if you will. For McGrady's part, McGrady seems ecstatic to be back with the Orlando Magic 
in whatever capacity he's going to be with them. Yeah, it feels good. Um, you know, this is a place where I made a name for myself um, domestically, globally. And, uh, you know, I cherished my time when I was here. Still enjoy coming back. And uh, just it, it feels right. You know, it feels right to be around these guys in the organization. Of course, Tracy McGrady played four seasons with the Orlando Magic, was an all-star in all four of those seasons. I believe he started, or at least was voted as a starter for every single year that he was with the Magic. All-time, lead, all-time leading uh, points per game uh, leader in Magic history. Had 30-point seasons, 30-point-per-game seasons. Uh, you know, bas- NBA Hall, Basketball Hall of Famer. Uh, was really one of, I mean, honestly, when, when I think of Magic history, uh, I, I've always said, there's a Mount Rushmore, there's a clear Mount Rushmore in Magic history, Dwight, Shaq, Penny, and T-Mac. T-Mac is one of the four best players in Magic history. I would say the best scorer in Magic history, and it, it, it does feel right to have him home. And I do have to say, Tracy, if, if you're listening, um, which who knows if you are, you still got it, dude. Um, when, when, we were, when we were chilling at practice uh, on Friday. I mean, I, I was literally trying to interview, I think, uh, interview Frank Vogel or interview one of the players, and, and McGrady's doing a shooting contest with Nikola Vucevic, DJ Augustin, and uh, Kalen Lucas, and the dude can still hit it. He, he, was, he was, you know, it may not have the lift he once did, but the stroke still looks very, very smooth, and so it's very, very good to have Tracy McGrady in the fold in whatever capacity that he will serve the Orlando Magic for the foreseeable future. Um, of course, if you missed any of it, we did a full week of Tracy McGrady-based podcasts, including in a conversation with Locked On Rockets. Good plug there. Um, you can go back into the archives on Locked On Magic on iTunes and Audio Boom to find those podcasts. Just search for the Orlando Magic. Da- uh, search for Locked On Magic first, and then do your Control F or Command F to uh, find the locked uh, to find uh, our podcast about Tracy McGrady. Is from a about a month ago, I would say, uh, when the Basketball Hall of Fame induction took place. So, welcome back, Tracy McGrady. Official welcome back here a week later uh, on the podcast. Good to have you back home. Like I said, going to be a little bit short today, so our main topic is a good one, and that is uh, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, everyone's favorite guy to debate, and no one can quite figure him out as far as where he fits into this team's future and really how much to value because without doubt, his production has been the most consistent and the best of any player in the last five years. He has been the team's leading scorer, the team's leading rebounder, just a guy who you know what you're going to get from him every night. Yet at the same time, Nikola Vucevic is, is, one of those, is, is that one player who doesn't, seem to fit or doesn't seem to have such a clear-cut future with this team or with really with with the role that he's played in and kind of pulling on that string a little bit more Nikola Vucevic is probably the guy that cares the most about this franchise so he is obviously a guy at the center of just about every debate for the Orlando Magic at all times because he's the most consistent scorer, the guy who's the most loyal, been been with the team the longest, and yet he has shortcomings that he can't get over, specifically on the defensive end. 
And last year, like so many other players, Nikola Vucevic had a bad year. He could not figure out how to play with Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo, and no getting around it. Had one of had probably his worst season in a Magic uniform. His scoring numbers were down to their lowest since his first year in Orlando. His rebounding numbers creep back up a little bit. His shooting numbers were the worst since his rookie year. And so the Magic, obviously still, Nikola Vucevic has a set skill set. He is an NBA player. He's a borderline starter for most teams. And so the Magic and Vucevic had to ask themselves, how can he get better on the offensive end? And it seems like, and it sounds like, the Magic wanted to continue a little experiment they've been running. They wanted to continue a little experiment they've been running from last year when they asked Vucevic to do a little bit more. Not a lot more, just a little bit more. That experiment was to get behind the three-point line. Now, last year, Nikola Vucevic took 75 three-pointers. That's 50 more than he had taken in his entire career to that point. Now, Vucevic wasn't a super reliable three-point shooter, 30.7%, but it definitely felt like that could be part of his game. And according to Vucevic, the coaching staff asked him as at exit interviews as he was getting ready for summer to, to try and work and add that to his game. And so far in the preseason, we've seen him step out behind the three-point line. He's three for seven. You know, Vogel said during training camp he's taking maybe one a practice. So it's not something he's fully incorporated into his game. And a big reason for that is because Vucevic knows that's not what he needs to do, or not entirely what he needs to do. Where Vucevic, Vucevic is a fantastic jump shooter. Let's get that out of the way. That is something that makes him unique and gives and is an NBA skill that he has that very few seven-footers have. He can't stretch it out to the three-point line yet. But, or not consistently yet. But, his jump shot makes him one of the original stretch fives. And that made him dangerous in the pick and pop. But, as it always seems to be with Vucevic, there's the skill that he's good at and the criticism that seems to weigh him down. And that criticism was, last year he settled for his jumper too much. That Vucevic did not get in the post and score close to the basket and his field goal percentage suffered for it. The numbers back this up, and I'll give them in a moment, but Vucevic also agrees with that. Vucevic said at media day that, yes, the coaching staff asked me to shoot three-pointers, but I don't want to just stand around on the, on the perimeter and shoot jumpers. For me to be effective, I need to get in the post. I need a healthy diet of post-ups and scoring around the basket. And the numbers back this up because Vucevic shot 46.8% from the floor and his shots around the basket decreased dramatically. According to NBA.com, Nikola Vucevic hit on 40.3% of his catch-and-shoot opportunities, taking 5.1 attempts 
and catch and shoots. He took just 6.4 field goal attempts per game within 10 feet. This was last year. In 2016, took about the same number of catch and shoot uh, shots, 5.0, but made 48%. So that's a huge gulf in his percentage there, going from 48 to 40.3% on catch and shoots. But more importantly, Vucevic took eight and a half field goal attempts per game within 10 feet. That means Vucevic's shots around the basket decreased from 8.5 per game to 6.4 per game. Now that's an imper- I mean, these are all imperfect measures, but that doesn't tell you the quality of shots, contested, whatever. But that says a lot about the way Vucevic was used last year. Indeed, he did hang around the perimeter a little too much. And his post-ups also decreased dramatically. So it follows that not only was he taking fewer shots around the basket, but he was posting up a lot less too. In 2016, Fucevic scored 0.93 points per possession on 5.4 post-up possessions per game, according to NBA.com. That's not 0.93 is actually pretty good. That doesn't sound good, but it actually is pretty good. 75th percentile, 76th percentile actually, in the league in 2016. In 2017, so last season, Vucevic scored 0.8 points per possession on 3.7 possessions per game. Again, 5.4 post-ups per game to 3.7. Now, some of that probably has to do with Vogel's offense. Magic wanted to post up less, be a little bit more free-flowing, be a little bit more moving. When you dump the ball into the post, it's not coming out. That's a shot. And that is, again, something good with Vucevic, the criticism that follows. A lot of people think Vucevic was a little bit of a black hole. And in fairness to these numbers, the post-ups doesn't talk to the quality of the shot that you're taking. Perhaps Vucevic settled for jumpers, settled for turnaround jumpers rather than post moves trying to get to the basket more often. And that's why his points per possession plummeted the way it did. The numbers don't get into the quality. But I think the overarching theme here and, and the sense that Vucevic gave on media day is absolutely 100% true. That Vucevic did not work closer to the close as close to the basket as he had throughout his entire career to that point. And that's one of the troubles with Nikola Vucevic that he has to fix this year that he didn't have last year. More spacing should help with, with a stretch four out there, with a with a versatile four in Gordon. Um, you know, not having Serge Ibaka and Bizak Biombo clog the lane, that should help as well too. But ultimately, ultimately it's up to Vucevic to make the most of those opportunities. And it's not clear yet just how much of those opportunities he'll get. Because he does want to have his cake and eat it too. And that's going to be the real interesting thing to watch with Vucevic's offense. Let's ignore the defense question for now with Vucevic. Vucevic is the starting center. The real interesting question with Nikola Vucevic is, can he have both worlds? We've seen Marcus Gasol and, and Brooke Lopez try and do it. 
And certainly it, it can work. But it just, again, feels like those margin that margin for error with Vucevic is so small. Because you do one thing well and there's a criticism to follow it with Vucevic. Vucevic does have the skill set, it would seem, to be this posting up stretch five, to, to, to be able to do both these skills on the offensive end. And it's really up to Vogel to execute it. It's up to Vucevic to know and sense when it's time to get into the post and when it's time to pop out for the three. It's, it's his read too. And too often, perhaps last year, Vucevic wanted to pop. He didn't want to get into the post. He didn't want to roll through the lane. And that's something that he has to kind of work on as well. It's not just going to happen. This team this year is different than the teams that Vucevic was the dominant force on. There are a lot more weapons on this team that need the ball, and, and his opportunities, it's not that they're completely gone. I think Vucevic will still be a very integral part of this team. But he isn't the main focus of the offense anymore. In fact, it's not particularly clear who is. He'll have his games where he he is. He'll have his games where he flirts with a 20-20 because Nikola Vucevic has those games. But his days of trying to average 20 points per game are probably done. At least with this team. And that means he has to have a complementary skill. And that complementary skill could be his three-point shot. How Vucevic develops offensively and how Vucevic recovers from the way that he played on offense last year, I think it's going to be one of the really interesting storylines this year. Because, I mean, everyone's trying to bounce back from last year. But Vucevic does have value. I would argue, bringing back that defensive criticism in, I would argue Vucevic had his best defensive season last year and is at least league average defensively now. So the question is, can he bring his offense back up? Can he be? Can he return to being an efficient mid-range jump shooter? Smart player who, who can work the post. Vucevic wants to have it all. And we'll see if he can indeed have it all. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. We'll be back with kind of a preseason wrap-up in tomorrow's episode as we prepare, prepare For Friday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, what we anticipate will be the dress rehearsal for the Orlando Magic as they prepare for the regular season. The final preseason game is Friday night at the Amway Center, 7 o'clock against the LeBron James-less and Isaiah Thomas-less Cleveland Cavaliers. But until then, you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Audio Boom as well as Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. That's P H I L I P 1 L R R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as follow us on Twitter at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.